Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, streaming, and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improviser from New York, still not improvising, because even though COVID restrictions have been lifted in New York, I don't know what's happening with uh, performing in weird, unventilated basements in midtown Manhattan yet. So let's play things safe in the meantime, because there are variants. And I do like that this disease and some of the variants are being given names that are probably going to hurt corporations. So let's dig that. Uh, because I'm, I'm an aging punk rocker. What can I say? I am joined today by uh, the Baroness of the Beeps, the Boops, the Buttons, and the Bobs. She is uh, the apple of my eye. Uh, I've heard her described as whiskey in a teacup. She's Chelsea Bennington. <laughs> Hello, Rick. How are you, darling? I'm good. I have hot coffee today instead of iced coffee, which means I may not be like a raging chicken with its head cut off in the next half hour. Because I've learned with iced coffee, I become an absolute monster. I can't even finish sentences. So I'm, I'm trying to wean off of it, but I will probably go get one after the podcast. What do you mean that you can't finish sentences? Do you just like stop talking and give people a cold murderous stare? Or do you switch into some non-verbal creature uh, like the Hulk or uh, very small toddlers that haven't completely learned to speak yet. Like noise is coming out of you, <laughs> but it's not language. Which, which is it? Or so am, the I, first one, am I wrong? The, the first one I often do without needing coffee. Um, okay. A lot of my friends can, uh, can talk about that. But I will start a sentence and I will already have another idea or thought in my head and I just stop that sentence and start a new one. Like I, I'll be working and I just feel like, it's like, I mean, I imagine it's what like what it's like being on cocaine. I don't know, um, but I know that they're usually like little running hamsters, like trying to get everything done and they're full of energy. That's just how I feel when I have iced coffee. Good to know. <laughs> I am curious what happens if we give you Cuban coffee. That'll be an experiment for another time. That'll be a good time, I'm sure. But well, we are joined today by dear friends, our, our, our first uh, reuniting outside of uh, texts throughout the pandemic. We are joined by uh, an actor, comedian, improviser, core cast member, Spooky Doings Improv and Final Girl. She's Amanda Stafford. How are you, Amanda? Hello. I'm doing okay. How are you guys? Making it up like I go along. Feeling <laughs> like a chud as things open up, but I still don't have work and I'm not ready to integrate into society. Uh, I don't think. Uh, but but yeah. trying little by little. And now I understand uh, why the cats that wander through my neighborhood and through my backyard, like, I know I mean them no harm and I want to be their friend, but they don't know that. So they'll, they'll take the food I throw them, uh, mm. but not allow me to pet them. That's why I've named one Debo after the character from Friday, because it will sit under my kitchen window <laughs> and look up like, what you got for me? <laughs> You know, I think that we're all a little bit feral, and uh, I'm I'm personally embracing that. Uh, I don't know how to talk to people anymore, 
I don't know how to dress anymore. I mean, it's literally like sweatpants and t-shirts and baseball caps. And I'm like, you know, I have no one to impress. This is all post pandemic pre well mid pandemic life. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with just getting by. I agree with that. I mean, I have bought so many pairs of leggings and joggers throughout this year (laughs) and damn it, they will continue to be worn. Yes. Get your money's worth. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I find it it real funny uh, watching the, 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 the video that our, our listeners cannot see, that uh, as Chelsea was speaking, her door just opened up and no one was visible coming in. So while I know that's one of her delightful cat engineers, um, it does make me think of the movie we're going to talk about today. How's that for a segue? Um, Love it. The, the latest installment of The Conjuring, The Devil uh. Made Me Do It, part three. Uh, not exactly a trilogy, just a, another sequel churning them out in the Conjuring universe. And, you know, I dug it. I especially like, you know, the it's not directed by James Wan, but you can tell that this director, he's got love for the horror genre, he's putting in little Easter eggs uh, for The Exorcist, like that shot when The Exorcist uh, arrives right at the beginning and, and it looks like Father Marin in The Exorcist, and then the demon in the film does scream out, Marin. And we're delighted to find that in this film, The Exorcist is played by Mark Marin, comedian and host of the podcast WTF. So that, yeah. so you know, he's like, Marin, and he just responds with like, what? What is it? Is it my tone? What's going on? Yeah, demon, okay, fine. <laughs> I heard though that he was really like difficult to work with. He wouldn't he wouldn't do the scene with the pea soup unless it was organic. And I thought that was just so demanding, you know, times are hard. That's so like, how have we not hit a stage where, you know, stories like that are going to come out and people are going to know, I mean, media is being consumed all the time. If you're difficult to work with and you're going to be a brat, we're going to find out about it. So I'm really disappointed in him for still acting like that. Yeah, truly. More like WTF, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah those exactly. Earlier, it's ETF, man. Those early podcasts where he'd just be talking to his comedian friends and kind of making it men's. And at the end of the episode, so are we good now? Are are, are we cool? Have we buried the hatchet? Um, you know, it's 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 growth. It's growth. Uh, so yeah, we we've we've got uh, Ed and uh, and Lorraine Warren, uh, the loving nuptial spooky couple that we remember from the two previous films and this is just a continuation of their love story in and around demons so so tell tell me ladies what what you thought uh as this film progressed well uh rick it's funny that you call out like it's still being this wonderful love story because i was pretty happy that they finally took the plunge and went into all of the controversy surrounding the warrens like the fact that he was sleeping with a teenager yeah they talked about it I mean they didn't show anything but they obviously they were hinting at it because every time he would be like you know Lorraine I'm fine I can handle it she's like oh just like you handled that teenage girl huh like just little quips like that you have to show a crack in a marriage at some point there there is a crack in everything as Leonard Cohen said and that's how the light gets in um, 
clearly had uh, had more um, light than I was anticipating. I think it was the subtlety of this controversy. That's why it went right over my head because I'm just there going, when are we going to get to the spooky? When are we going? Oh, he's Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, see, I was waiting for those moments because as much as I enjoyed the Conjuring movies, I'm like, this couple kind of sucks <laughs> in real life. And so I thought it was really brave for the screenwriter to to hint at the fact that, you know, they're not perfect, even though I would say Patrick Wilson is perfect, but that's that's uh, what I thought was interesting. I think you might be saying that because you haven't seen Aquaman, but that's okay. Oh yeah, he's like oh, a wow. blonde villain in that or something, right? Mm -hmm. A wet blonde villain, yeah. But do you think that um, oh. um, the, the, the relationship with a teenage girl is why they didn't use Jerry Lee Lewis music? Instead, we got deep into Elvis and in fact, we, we saw Elvis's uh, ghost uh, featured prevalent, uh, prevalently in this film. Um, I'll, I'll let uh, Amanda speak on it in a second. I will say that I thought that was a really brave choice because this director is really highlighting, you know, all of these gross guys in our midst with Elvis being with teenage girls, yeah. Ed, Ed Warren being with teenage girls. I was like, what social commentary is happening right now? I thought it was yeah. gorgeous. It was yeah. great. Pr Priscilla was also 14. I see the connection now. Yeah. But Amanda, what do you think? Well, you know, I do think that while it is controversial, I think that it was a really good choice, um, you know, to show this, uh, this man, Elvis, this, uh, you know, groomer of young girls. Um, the sighting was actually on the toilet. And I thought that was really fitting. Um, at first, when I heard he was in the film, I was like, oh, no, this is going to like really trigger me and make me upset. But I thought, you know, that's so poignant to show him like going down the drain spiritually uh, as much as he did in his living life. It was, I thought it was really touching. I love potty humor. So it worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I a, hear he likes it. Oh, go ahead. I thought it was an interesting choice that uh, Elvis's ghost uh, while swirling down the toilet, wasn't wearing one of those uh, bedazzled jumpsuits from his concerts. He was wearing his karate gi. Uh, because of his affinity for the martial arts. Yeah, and you know, I hear those jumpsuits are just so hard to get in and out of. Listen, women know it, or anyone who loves wearing a jumper knows how hard it is to get in and out of those, right? Um, That's right, and especially, Mama. Then you're just laying, you know, your jumpsuit on the ground, and you're like kitties, and, and appendages are just swinging about on the toilet by themselves, nothing holding them together. So I'm like, you know, at least he had on some clothing, um, that that really was easy to breathe in and move in. You can't do your business when you're all constricted or just, you know, sitting awkwardly with a breeze. Elvis was very concerned about his titties. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I I thought I thought it was a really smart choice. So I I enjoyed it, and I mean Vera Farmiga is very good at playing a woman scorned. So I did love finally seeing her just really not happy with ed at all and ed couldn't do anything because he was you know a pussy but let's let's be honest ed is not that great of a guy so no. do, do you think that she was trying to make ed jealous 
uh, when that 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 naked that large naked corpse showed up during the middle of the film. I named him Chungus. He's not really credited uh, in the in the uh, in, in in the credits of the film as having a name. So naked Chungus showed up and he's making eyes at Lorraine. And I think she's kind of like you know. Do you think she's into the idea or is she just using Chungus to make Ed jealous and get a little bit of revenge? I thought it was a look at my options. You know, I don't have to stay with you. I can conjure up, ha, pun intended, anything I want. It doesn't have to be you. I can get with Annabelle. I can get with that uh, top hat dude from Conjuring 2. I can, you know. The, the crooked man. Yeah, that guy. Oh, man. She has options. No, okay, so let's do a fuck, Mary kill. Uh, Annabelle, the crooked oh. man, or naked Chungus. Um, I would kill the crooked man. I, I'd fuck naked Chungus, and and mm -hmm. and I would marry Annabelle. What, what about you? Gosh, I don't. Chelsea, do you want to go first? This one, I really need to think about. This. You I, need to think. <laughs> I yeah. would. I'm sorry, I'm the only one that has my priorities in order. Right I know, off the wow. God, you didn't send us homework for this. I didn't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, I I've been would... thinking it since I saw Naked Chungus. <laughs> you played Fuck Mary Kill in your head. In my I mind. would. Badass, uh, though. I, I would fuck Crooked Man because I think that would be interesting. I guess I would marry Chungus. He'd probably be a good provider. And I think I want to kill Annabelle because I'm not Ed Warren. I don't get with girls. Mm, okay. Okay. I think I've got my priorities straight. Crooked man. Fuck. Annabelle. Mary. Chungus kill. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. You know, I think, first of all, I like, you know, tall guys. Crooked man really has that going. Um, long, you know just very long it goes on on and on uh more to love you know although i guess one could also say that that could be true for chungus so i, I don't know i think i'm gonna stick with my choices though i like that go with Fuck your gut crooked man yeah yeah i like that mm. and i feel like you would take care of annabelle i think you two would be good together you know i think that like in this this uh this time I've decided that it's so nice to have the companionship of lady friends, um, you know, and, and in the case of marrying Annabelle, I'm like, listen, we could have sort of a, um, you know, a Thelma and Louise thing going on. We could just like get a car, hit up banks. Like it could be tight, you know? I love that. That's yeah. so fun. <laughs> I would watch the fuck out of that movie. <laughs> Right, just a woman, and, like, oh my god that sounds so good Amanda and Annabelle mm -hmm. Aww, alliteration love it two, fi <laughs> two fisted ladies taking down the patriarchy one heist at a time oh. god damn and now you're making me want this and I might have to like start hitting up James Wan James I got an idea as long as I can get an executive producer credit and a crew jacket I'd be happy <laughs> yes God, yeah. <laughs> so the, the jacket goes, would just say triple A. Yeah. And so the movie and goes Anna on. Annabelle. And, 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 and we've got uh, uh, like a, a brief reconciliation uh, between Ed and Lorraine. But Spooky is still happening. We're getting close to the 80s and the satanic 
panic going on. And I, I, I felt a little bit, um, uh, I, I don't want to use the word attack, but like targeted. It's like, oh, heavy metal kids are the problem. I was one of those heavy metal kids. I mean, I didn't have quite as many fishnets as the ones in this movie, but you know, we've, we, we, we all had our phase, our goth nights out at the club and things like that. Uh, what, what, what did you think of, of the 80s references and the metal? Uh, who, who among us besides me has had their head banging turns and, and, and uh, were, were you told, don't listen to that, it's the devil's music? Um, I went to Catholic school myself, um, all, so all growing know. up. So, oh, I know. And I mean, there's definitely a sense of like, don't wear that. Don't listen to this. Don't say that. But, I, you know, I'm a fallen away Catholic. So I, I take all of that uh, with a grain of salt. But well, that's because yeah, I mean, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does. I mean, I remember the Jenkos phase. Like, I don't know why. We insisted on wearing pants that were so heavy. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, though, my legs were never stronger than wearing chinkos. <laughs> um, I like the satanic panic references. And I, I mean, I honestly am really interested in um, just paranormal activity and, and sort of like hauntings and uh, possession. So all of that really kind of piqued my interest. And I thought it was a, a cool addition to this franchise. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I did not go to Catholic school like you two did, but the more I learned, the more I, I'm like, God, you guys are just so Damaged. fucked up because yeah. of that. Yeah, it's just whenever I meet someone and they're like, oh yeah, I went to Catholic school and I'm like, oh yeah, that tracks. Just by like yeah. what I learned about him. I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, so Amanda, that tracks that you went to Catholic school um yeah. so. it's a survivor spirit you know it, it just permeates <laughs> and we all find each other and go oh you too huh good to Thanks. see you on the other side um, <laughs> I, so. I, I did I did 12 years and I refer to it as similar to a prison sentence I was about to say it sounds like you went to prison I did 12 yeah. years in, in a roundabout way yeah yeah love it <laughs> I mean but hey, it made me the, the like bitter it. atheist that I am today I, Amanda, uh, how, lo how long did you do? God, it's hard to say. I, I started, uh, I really started going to Catholic school when my stepmom came into my life. So probably from the age of nine until my teens. So um, I guess 18, maybe when I stopped going. Jeez, so about still, nine years. Still, a, still a, a good long stretch. Oh, yeah, enough to scar me and give me um, you know, an absolute appreciation for agnosticism, which is where I find myself today. Um, more or less, it's less, I guess, that I don't know and more, I just don't care. Um, blessings to everyone who believes anything and believes nothing. So, you know, it definitely gave me a true sense of self and I appreciate that time uh, as, as uh, I guess, unwanted un, un, uh, as it was. You know, it just, you kind of become sort of like a warrior in the sense that you're you're trying to like combat all of the things that people around you are saying and teaching you like um homophobia um different like you know views of, of people in the world and you're just like i don't i don't none of this sits well with me so i will say catholicism gave me a true sense of my right and wrong and and in the opposite way they hoped it would <laughs> that's awesome well, you two are two of the best people I know. So they, 
they messed Thank up. You. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I I, 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 oh, I like you too. Aw, see, I had a I had a different type of a uh, type of upbringing with uh, being in the Bible Belt in Alabama. Um, so Christianity uh, is its own. Uh, is it Southern Baptist Christianity? It's its own beast. Anyway, um, yeah. Rick, your question was about the satanic panic in this yes. movie. Um, I I enjoyed it, even though you know I hate that we still all think satanic panic was a valid thing. Um, I would hope that we're out of that phase by now. Um, so. You know, I appreciated that even though the movie was hitting on the satanic panic, they at the same time were really showing that punk kids and goth kids are the best kids. And uh, having that little punk kid um, at the beginning who was possessed and they thought it was because he was wearing all that goth makeup and listening to uh insert my age here yeah there we go um uh black sabbath and um they were like oh he must be possessed and it's like no it was like the square teenage boy all along just let Mm -hmm. this little kid enjoy his music he just wants better than all y'all he just wants to hang out on a waterbed and and i've always wanted that but i've never encountered a waterbed um and i wonder i wonder are they still a thing I mean, one of my best friends growing up, her parents had one and it, I would like sometimes, I, I would do what the kid did. I would just go into like crucifix uh, mm-hmm. position and fall down. It was great. Mm-hmm. I've been oh. on one in a mobile home and I was like, first of all, the weirdest place for a waterbed is a mobile home. But yes. I, as a kid, I loved it. As an adult, I'm like, I think I get seasick. Also, I'm scared of what happened on that waterbed in the mobile home. Not to judge, but I just feel like that has probably seen some stuff. Listen, I'm from Florida. Everything you think happened on it absolutely did. <laughs> Everything there has um, seen some stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. No one should have let me lay on that. I'll just say no one should have let me. At this point, I would just like to say naked chungus. <laughs> <laughs> So, Rick, what else about this movie uh, stood out to you? Well, you know, as, as we reached the end of the film and Lorraine have worked it out, the demon has been vanquished. Uh, they they, they kind of hint at the possibility of a sequel as long as the franchise remains profitable. You know, they, they've, they've uh, built up their little gazebo, so there may be uh, like... Uh, a ghost of Bob Vila thing for the next one, or maybe some other uh, home repair uh, celebrities that I'm not familiar with because I didn't watch a lot of the shows. But I think with the connection of Elvis and and their their stories of like famous hauntings, like when they touched on the Amityville Horror, I think that might be the direction uh, that the franchise is going. So personally, I would like to see like Haunted White House because there's a lot of oh. ghosts that that uh, are said to be in the White House, uh, most notably uh, President Lincoln. So I'm like, let's let's have some fun with that. Uh, I, I I think that'd be a good idea. Uh, so like, it could also educate it with the history uh, for people uh, that may not want to pay attention in school. You can find out uh, like maybe that's 
the way to circumvent the laws against critical race theory in school because conservatives don't like the truth, put it in the fucking movies. And that's how you get the education there. I know Chelsea Ooh. doesn't like when people get on a soapbox in their films and kind of uh, get a little bit preachy about certain things. But I think this is the subterfuge uh, to, to get critical race theory out into the masses. It's, it, it's the, the, the creamy nougat uh, surrounded by the choco of spooky movies. Right. The Chaco of spooky movies. Mm-hmm. I feel like that should be like a like a a title of some sort of memoir that you write, Rick. <laughs> I, <laughs> the I like you get. <laughs> I like that. I know that I do get annoyed with uh, with some horror movies being on their soapbox, but that's when they have nothing to say and they're still saying it badly. Um, so I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind this because we are in a time where these stories need to be told, and I think you could um, have some really fun drama with like ghosts in the White House, especially if you do it like night at the museum style, and all the ghosts of the presidents just pop up late at night, like. You're walking in the halls and Kennedy's like, ask what not you can do for your country. And it's like, oh my God. And like, just and that all would be great. Stuff. That would be great if his head is all blown apart from the rifle shot. <laughs> and he's still saying that. Ask that mm, uh, what, oh, sorry, forehead uh, off. Uh, era, yes. Please pardon my brain. <laughs> but that would Damn, be, oh my God, dark. that would be great. And all of them look the way they died. Like what was the one who died from pneumonia? He's just cold without a jacket. And uh, um, William, oh. William Henry Harrison, my <laughs> favorite president, because ha- having died in 30 days, he didn't get a chance to fuck anything up. His legacy remains. Mm. And um, perfect president. Yeah. So I think that would be great. And you could have some really social like conversations about like different times with the presidents and how things have changed and how we all need to accept change. Um, and it would be hilarious if it was somebody like, you know, somebody who's really against all of this, like Marjorie Taylor Greene or something is there and it's just like haunted and tortured the entire time. I feel like the scariest oh, yeah. ones would be Nixon and Reagan, but what do I, I mean, probably Jackson, but anyway. Uh, oh yeah, Nixon would be a really scary ghost because he looked basically like a ghost in real life. Like he doesn't look like a real person. Very gargoyle-ish. Yeah. But I love that. I love that angle. I'd be, I'd be cool with the conjuring. I'd be, uh, I'd be cool with the Warrens um, exploring some social commentary. I think Ed may be able to redeem himself in that matter. Unless we find out he like voted for Jill Stein or some shit. And then we're like, oh, great. I think he died before that, but anyway. It's improv, Rick. Shut up. It's yes and, not no but. Yeah, honestly. Wow. My God. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. Amanda, I'll let you, you know, talk now. I'm done. I mean, I, I echo everything you guys have expressed. I think uh, for Nixon, I just want to see, like, for his haunting, just water and gate. <laughs> and that's all there is for him. He was just killed by water gate. Good He's day just constantly, you. like, waterboarded or something. And it's just like, <laughs> God, you know, and like that would be such a just way to do his character. 
I, I just, I, to me, like the, the surreptitious sort of nature of politics, um, you know, and within our lifetime, I mean, just even before it's like, there's just so much dishonesty. So to see them really like get what's coming to them in the afterlife, I would love that. Yes, please. I, I have one more I have to say that I just thought of that would be hilarious if when you have yeah. Kennedy's ghost around, sometimes Marilyn Monroe's there and he just runs to the other room. He's like always trying to stay away from Marilyn Monroe and stay away from those rumors. That would be really cool. So, so now during those scenes, could we have Yakety Sacks from the Benny Hill show? playing as they like run through different doors in a hallway yes it just becomes this thing <laughs> love it chelsea is also an executive producer with a crew jacket yes yes i'm bringing i'm bringing the gold here come on giving you magic to work with my guys I've, i'm about it i'm gonna write this all to james Wan in a nicely worded email after the show nice and sing so <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, as our listeners know we've been doing these improvised reviews so not a lot of that happened in the film <laughs> i did break the fourth wall for a second too <laughs> yeah so. well that, that's that that's my fault that's my fault you're, you're absolutely right for calling me out on, on my improv no-no but I'll be real. I said it was a no-no because I didn't have a smart comeback for you really quickly. So I just called out. <laughs> that worked well enough, to be honest with you. Listen, this is feral improv too, okay? Feral improv. Feral improv. Love it. <laughs> so, so, we, so we all actually saw the film. So what did we think? Yeah. Um, uh, Amanda, you go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I will, I will uh, tail, I'll bring the tail end up of it, if that's okay. Love it. Um, yeah, so uh, first of all, I'll say, like, I know it's not always the easiest thing to joke about, and I was definitely throwing a wrench in there when mentioning um, Ed Warren's um, alleged affair, but I've, I've said this to Rick before, that as much as I enjoy the Conjuring movies, I do enjoy that uh, Ed and Lorraine in these movies, at least from my knowledge, are so different from what they're like in real life. Because even though I'm, I'm kind of a hypocrite here, I don't know if hypocrite's the right word, but it's almost a little confusing because even though I do believe in a lot of this stuff, I do believe that, you know, ghosts are real and that spirits are there. Um, of course, not to this extreme uh, romanticized and dramatic capacity. I also think uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren are two of the biggest con artists ever. Um, so mm. I, I, I think they're kind of shitty. Um, so I think yeah, it's yeah, interesting. I, I didn't know about the uh, alleged uh, uh, impropriety with a young gal. And that kind of like shook me like, oh, because I figured there's probably some, some, some carnyism, some con artists, some shenanigans mm. as someone who doesn't believe in an after life right. but you know when you considering how depicted he is in the film of having ties to the catholic church going back yeah. to what amanda and i were talking about like yeah it makes sense that that checks it's it's interesting because i mean it it breaks my heart because as someone again who you know does believe in this you know stuff to a capacity to a you know to a point 
it, it's really upsetting to see, you know, it's what con, con artists always do and it's taking advantage of a vulnerable person. And when it's someone who's mm. dealing with death or dealing with something really tragic or realistically, if you believe in this, is possessed in some kind of capacity and these are not people yeah. who can help you. It's just, you know, but I digress a little bit, but there is like a rumor, you know, of course it, I think it came out after uh, Ed Warren died that um, he was, you know, having an affair with like a 17 or 18 year old and um, Lorraine knew, and I think she lived in the house for a while. That's like, that's Ugh. the, you know, that's the allegation. Um, the, the woman still sticks by it that it happened. And of course, Lorraine, before she uh, passed away, a couple of years ago or whenever she died uh, was always saying it wasn't true. So I just kind of wanted to put that little disclaimer out there that I did not just decide to make a pedophile joke out of nowhere. It was because, <laughs> um, <laughs> because I know it's a touchy subject. So I was like, there was a reason, there was a reason. Um, but uh, that aside, I liked the movie. I like the Conjuring movies. I'm not crazy about the Annabelle ones. I think they're like a fun idea, but I don't know. They're not ones that I've rewatched. Like I've rewatched the, you know, Conjuring and Conjuring 2. So I enjoyed this one a lot. Just, I do think it has to do with me loving Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson so much as actors. Yeah. Um, so I enjoy watching them on screen. Um, I thought they did a really good job uh, kind of, embellishing the original story because the original story is quite boring and I do think the guy was just really drunk and killed his landlord um to be honest because no. <laughs> I, I, I like looked into it and I was and the way they like changed it up in the movie of course makes it so much more sus but like if you look at it like from how things happen it's like no I think he just like did it <laughs> and anyway um but the main thing I didn't enjoy about the movie, which, you know, I alluded to during our improvised review, is I really thought we were past trying to make satanic panic still like a thing. So it was disappointing mm. that they were like, it's the Satanist. Like the whole time it was like, no question, Satanists are doing this. And it's like, well, what about people that, and I'm not, I'm not a Satanist by any means, but, um, You're not. you know, it's like, I'm not, what? Um, but after watching like that documentary, Hail Satan and stuff like that, I, I, I feel like I have a better understanding of, of that religion and of that, you know, of that life. And I feel like it's just people that use Satanism, um, as, as, uh, as a shield, much like people use Christianity mm -hmm. as a shield on why they'll do like really awful things in the name of the Lord. And then people will take Satanism and they're like, well, we know this is going to scare people. So we're just going to say like, hail Satan while doing it. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. And there was, I, I'm sure there has been Satanist in the past that are actually pieces of shit because there's pieces of shit in every religion. But um, yeah. I don't know. That was the thing that was a little weird for me. I was like, did we, could we not just say this was someone who was using dark magic or using dark arts? Did we have to just keep saying, oh, this is Satanism, this is Satanism. But that's like my only bone to pick with it. I think other than that, you know, I enjoyed it. I loved the gazebo moment at the end. This movie does, uh, these movies do such a great job of making you think Ed and Lorraine are good people. <laughs> it's really funny, but I mean, I enjoy it. I'm not mad about it, but that is, that is my review of the film. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, not 
uh, as much as Conjuring Two. That one's my favorite because that that to me is a love story with uh, with with demons. And now knowing this uh, a little bit more, thanks Chelsea, about uh, and Lorraine Warren, I kind of look at it as like when you have like real figures, but you know we're gonna do them in the movies, and it may not be an accurate representation of who they were in a fictionalized version. Like, you know, uh, if you get like a Houdini or, or, or a fucking taking Nicholas Tesla and putting him in the prestige, it's like, okay, that may not necessarily be who Tesla is, but you know, it's entertaining for me at the time. Um, I think the main difference might've been because this was directed uh, by Michael Chavez and not James Wan. Uh, Chavez did Curse of La Llorona, which I uh, enjoyed a lot, um, more than the Annabelle films, not as much as The Nun, uh, and, and, and it was still good, and that, that's what happens with a franchise, You're like you have your favorites, and some are still enjoyable, but not as much, so watch this on HBO Max, and I thought, if I love it enough, I'll go see it in theaters, and when it was done, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'll pick up the DVD when it comes out to add to my collection, but it's not Godzilla vs. Kong where I have to make another trip. Yeah, I feel that too. What other you know, thoughts I, you got? I love the series. So the the franchise of The Conjuring, I think is great. For me, my type of horror, like niche, really is, uh, you know, possessions and hauntings. And, and, and I... I think that The Conjuring is really cool because it goes to things that are considered or, you know, based on true stories. So I'm like, oh God, this could have happened to somebody. That's crazy. And it really piques my interest. Um, with this film, I, there were a lot of elements I really like. I think, um, you know, because James Wan was still producing on this one. Um, he really has an incredible eye. And I think that uh, Michael Chavez really like, latched onto that for the cinematography of it, right? You almost create spooky characters just from a dark corner, right? Or um, in, in other cases, um, you know, people coming back to life. I really like that kind of stuff. It really is scary and it's well done. So I love that. But I think for this film, where it kind of strayed away from the others is that it was telling so many different stories and trying to fit it all into a two hour film. And I didn't feel fully attached to any of them. I felt it was kind of cursory and sort of um, mentioned like, oh yeah, here's this person using um, dark magic, right? But I didn't know anything about her backstory other than what was shared and it was very brief. I didn't know her motivations, her fears, her desires. Um, so for me, that just felt a little clunky and I wasn't invested then in her demise either because I'm like, oh, I don't know anything about you other mm -hmm. than, you know, who your parentage, uh, what your parentage is and, and how you fit into that, but all the other motivations didn't make sense to me. Um, and I think it does kind of paint sort of a clunky picture of the, the satanic panic movement instead of, you know, individual people with motivations and very strongly held convictions and beliefs. It was more just a person trying to get back at their dad, maybe. Um, and I would have loved to have seen more of that sort of motivation if that was the case. So for me, this one felt a little detached. I do love the love story tie in. Um, I think kind of like Chelsea said, the the Warrens are painted in a certain light in these movies as opposed to who they were in real life. Um, so you root for them, you root for their love story. And when you see Vera Farmiga and, uh, and Patrick Wilson, you believe it and they have such good chemistry. So you're like, yeah, I want you guys to succeed and I wanna see your love story flourish. 
but for me, this one just felt a little stunted by all of the kind of clunky storytelling of three different stories coming together. Yeah, I agree with that. I felt like when it came to the main, um, the villain, the, the woman, like at first, of course, when you see glimpses of her, like in the beginning, you think it's like a ghost or something. And then you realize, no, this is someone with, you know, this altar and um, how is she connected? And then you find out, you know, that uh, the reverend or I, I, I think he was a reverend or a priest, I can't remember, but um, was taking care of her. And it was such a, it's one of those things that it's almost like a trope that happens in so many movies and stuff where you just explain who the person is in one line, but it's like, the, it's something that you're like, but wait, what? Back up. Um, when yeah. it's just about like taking care of her and stuff. And she became like misguided. And, and like you said, you know, it, it is like, what's her real motivation here? Just like getting back at him or just trying to find a place she belongs or, um, like, why did she, did we ever really get, um, it, it's been a few weeks since I've seen this movie, so maybe one of you can remind me, did we ever get a real reason on why she picked, like, those three places to put the, uh, the curse? Like, not that I recall. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, yeah, and that was, that's annoying, because it's like, oh, the, all these people died, like, the, this, girl and her you know and her girlfriend you know died um because it was in this place and then what's happening to the main guy so it was just a little frustrating that I'm like we're not really getting a clear sense other than you know you're telling us someone's doing it you're just not giving a full picture on why um and that's a little frustrating when it the whole movie is investigating this so I agree with you. Yeah. It, it did fall a little flat when it came to the justification and what exactly uh, the Warrens were battling here other than this really freaky looking woman. Um, yeah. Who, <laughs> yeah, like it was just, yeah, it was weird. I will say as a sort of surprise in the cast, uh, John Noble as, as Kastner, Father Kastner, right? Loved uh, it. Any Lord of the Rings fan will recognize him um, yes. and, and you just, there's a sense about him as an actor. So he, I think, has this really beautiful marriage of bad guy versus good guy, right? So he might be a bad guy and he always plays right on the cusp of that. But then it's like, you see his heart is good. So I'm like, okay, if we can get that motivation and the, you know, the fears and desires of this very sort of almost tertiary character, he was, he was not on screen a bunch, but it was like, this is not a main character, but we got so much meat out of why he was invested in it. Um, and I felt that that was really nice, but I really wanted to see that from um, his, his daughter, his ward, I guess. So I, yeah. I think that that is just part of why it was really hard for me to like emotionally invest in the stakes of this, because it just was, it just was not explained and I you know if you don't know the motivations of a character as we all know from improv nobody cares about them you know yeah I agree and I feel like I'm so glad you brought up John Noble because he's one of my favorite actors I love him so much yes. and definitely like <laughs> Lord of the Rings is what introduced me to the the oh. magic that's John Noble and Fringe was one of my favorite shows but um I loved him in this because you're right he wasn't used a lot but at least like he was really amazing in every scene he was in and I was trying to figure out like are you going to come back are you gonna are you going to be the bad guy and I remember when Lorraine uh 
went back to his house and he's like you know come downstairs I want to show you something I was like no, nope. no. oh yeah <laughs> Never go there. in a basement with a priest, even if they oh my God, yeah. a priest. <laughs> but, yeah. But Rick, uh, do you have any thoughts on the the twist there with with the with the daughter or with his ward or anything that happened there? Um, it, 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 uh, daddy issues. They're a plot device in in a lot of stories. <laughs> throughout history. Um, my main focus really was uh, when, when Lorraine said that she had uh, met Elvis once before he died and once afterwards. I'm like, well, that's part four, the, the, the Warren's oh, right. land. She said that in the, in the car, right? Or something, yeah. like it was like a throwaway line. And 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 I and I joked with beautiful lady at the time, like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking go to Graceland. That'll be great. <laughs> I think Lorraine Elvis is down in the jungle room. Let me check real quick, but I think Lorraine actually does actually did claim that she met Elvis. Um, I think that's a real thing. Uh, I mean, when I say real thing, I I mean that's what. Um, and and then said. my mind went on a little tangent of. Uh, uh, last time I was in Memphis and we went to Sun Studios, which surprisingly had a fantastic fucking milkshake in there. You know, it hits the spot after the tour before you buy like a couple of records and uh, then head off to the next place. It sounds like your brain just stopped paying attention to the movie for 10 good minutes when she mentioned Elvis and you just started thinking about Memphis. Uh, it, 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 it was much faster than that. It was 10 good seconds. <laughs> Fun uh, story, super tangential. Yeah. Um, one of my loved ones grew up around Elvis in Mississippi and apparently he's a real dick. Th that's, that, oh, that tracks. <laughs> That's all I have to contribute about that. Elvis. I'm like, I know that he's a dick. It's like, guys, I heard from a first-hand source. <laughs> <laughs> this dead guy was a dick. Let's all think he about sucks. this guy that's dead. <laughs> I do love that half of this podcast has become us dragging dead people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when else are we going to do it? Come on. Right? Yeah, I feel like Lorraine's going to come after me, to be quite honest. <laughs> in the spirit realm i don't think she's i think she has unfinished business i think she's still around us um i think i can fight elvis in ghost karate i think you could i think you could take elvis i just don't know if i can take lorraine <laughs> have you seen what she looks like her hair is insane it was this old monster i bet she hides pins and like daggers and stuff in it i would if i had a little bouffant like that please right man they were being really generous casting Vera Farmiga to play her. They were being really oh generous. Now I'm really going to get haunted to be like, oh, and you think I'm ugly? <laughs> well, well that, that makes, makes sense because uh, whenever you think of somebody like who would play you in a movie, you want someone that can kind of like get your tone across and maybe looks a little bit like you. But Hollywood doesn't think that way. And I most notice it when, and like, I think it was... 95 96 when donnie brasco came out and you know i enjoyed that movie and johnny depp uh but before all the all the cigarettes and the brandies uh did a number on him 
um, you know, he's playing Agent Joseph Pistone. And then you see the book in uh, Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble was a bookstore where you a store where you'd go to buy books for <laughs> still some of exists, our younger listeners. I know that, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know if if our listeners know that. And and I saw like the book that it was based on, and I paged through it, and you get to a picture of the actual FBI agent, and he looks like my foot. So yeah, it makes more sense. Oh, that's so funny. To cast someone like they're gonna be pleasant to look at for two hours as opposed to your foot. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. know who would play you guys in a movie? Like if you uh, had to choose someone to play you, who would you choose? I used to always say uh that I was either a, a fat shooter Jennings or a skinny Kevin Smith and then Kevin Smith went vegan so he did yay <laughs> so now I'm 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 both of like silent Bob or shooter Jennings with like a few too many bee stings oh, a few too many bee stings. <laughs> like if, if they've been stung by like a few a few too many bees Damn, that's know. really specific casting. Yeah, that is really specific. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I, I mean, I've definitely. I mean, when you're a performing arts major, I think all you do is find like who you look like and stuff like that. But, um, I don't know. I, I'd be down for for anyone to take the challenge. Right. What about I you? I asked that do question, you know? but I, I have no fucking idea. Like, <laughs> I genuinely, I look at my own face and I'm like, I don't know anyone who looks like me. So, uh, and I, I don't know, I find like, it's kind of weird to see my own face and look at celebrities and think, oh yeah, that's me. Like, no, they have so much more money and they have like trainers and they have dietitians and like, give me Hollywood money and then we'll talk about who will play me. I just remember in, in college when, you know, they would have us like, in my performing arts classes, they would have us, um, you know, find people who were similar to us, like in looks or in acting styles or in like energy. And I remember one of my professors, um, I, I don't know if either of you watched uh, Bates Motel, but she basically uh, had me do monologues of uh, Olivia Cook's character, the, the girl with the breathing issues. I, she was pale. I feel like my professors would just look at people who were pale with dark hair and said you could play her I'm like all right well, so sure. what, I'm, what i'm hearing if there was ever a spooky doings improv movie is that like in the film crush groove where all the rappers played themselves but russell simmons was played by blair underwood like all of you would play yourselves and somehow shooter jennings would <laughs> that would be up. amazing <laughs> And, he, and would say, I'm a musician. How am I supposed to do this, this accent that's not actually a New York accent? And then Amanda puts your character on a vegan diet and it's Kevin Smith at the end of the movie. Oh my God. Yeah, Listen, that, that, I, that I really, <laughs> I love that Kevin Smith, like his fans are like, no, nah, don't go vegan. You can still eat meat. And he's like, um, first of all, it's like, I didn't ask you. I'm just doing this. And I, you know, he seems really happy and healthy and I'm, yeah. I'm happy for him. Mm -hmm. I agree. And also, didn't he have a heart attack? Like, yeah, he, he needed to change. <laughs> he needed of, to change his diet. He had a very big and, heart attack. And then yeah. he got in touch with 
Penn Gillette and he's like, you lost a hundred pounds from by going vegan. What should I do? And Penn honestly responded, if you're coming to a juggler to find out how <laughs> to, to become healthy, you're making a mistake. However, However I'm, going to put, I'm going to put you in touch with the people that helped me because you can afford them. Love it. Damn, I really like the idea of going to somebody completely inappropriate for like the need you have. You're like, hey, I want to look at my resume. Let me talk to, uh, you know, a pharmacist. I don't, you know, like yeah, right. a juggler. A juggler. Let, let, me, <laughs> let me talk to Hobo Joe down by the train tracks. <laughs> he, he puts, yeah. He's actually really good at PDF. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm very familiar with Hobo Joe, who <laughs> likes to sing his song. Ain't nothing better in this hobo life than stabbing people with your hobo knife. See, and he knows Adobe, so he's a good guy. <laughs> and on that note, as we bring this in for a landing, Amanda, do you have uh, any social media plugs for the people if they want to find you, where they can find you? Yeah, um, I'm not super active these days, but uh, if you like me or you want to see more of my stuff, you can follow me on Instagram at Phoenix Smizing. Um, on, oh God, what are the other social networks? I guess I'm on Twitter uh, at Amanda Stafford underscore. Um, I don't know. Yeah, find me on one of those. And then if you are like, this platform sucks, I guess I'll look at other platforms for you to follow. <laughs> I, I'm so antisocial, honestly, even before the pandemic. So now people are like, where can I look at your stuff? I'm like, I don't know. Google. Like you can't leave me alone. <laughs> I'm shy. I'm shy. <laughs> Don't look at me, no. <laughs> um, obviously they can, you know, see me on on uh, stage with you guys whenever in person resumes. I'm, you know, I'm in no rush, but whenever that day comes, I super look forward to it and giving you guys hugs. Me too. Can't wait. <laughs> now, 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 regarding these hugs, Amanda, do you want uh, your regular hug or at no additional cost, uh, oh. other than your consent, to be lifted off of the ground and spun gently in a circle? Listen, I'm all about the savings. And if I can get a little bit more for the same amount, I'm going for a, a floor liftoff hug. Um, but only if it's done like, you know, dirty dancing style. So let's like let's start working out and and uh, we'll work on practices and stuff. I have it. never seen dirty dancing, but if you think I'm going what? to lift you by by your waist, even though um, <laughs> because of your vegan diet you weigh like you know a, close to nothing, if you were soaking wet with a brick in your pocket, I'm still going to get very very hurt. <laughs> if I oh quit. no, let me just tell you, you're right because. Um, post-pandemic and mid-pandemic Amanda does not weigh the same as pre-pandemic Amanda so maybe you know what I don't want to hurt you maybe we'll just do a a gentle sweep around the you know in a circle feet gently off the floor like like maybe if you give me like a double tap on the shoulder we'll go around for a second spin a little bit faster yes I like that (laughs) Josie where can the people find you if you they won't find you um, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram. You type in Chelsea Bennington and I'm there. My Instagram handle is Chelsea LB, but with two E's because there's apparently another Chelsea LB in this world. Um, mm, but if you type in Chelsea Bennington, you'll see me. Mm-hmm. 
You can check out Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. Uh, maybe by the time this posts, there might be show information. Who's to say? Uh, there's Spooky Doings on Instagram for all the podcast information. I'm back on the Tweety at Rick Guzman 718. I'm not arguing with politicians. Not anymore. banned yet. Yeah. Wow. I've been good. I've been good. I catch myself before I go off. It's like, I've been good. Uh, but you can check us out there. Uh, please go on iTunes and, and, and give us the five-star boop and subscribe and like and tell your friends because that would really help us out in the grand scheme of the podcast we appreciate it i'm going to give a shout out to uh brianna sig of soraya who uh, always kind of amplifies uh our new episodes when we post them to to her followers and we thank her kindly for that and we love her very much so yeah so as we wrap this up amanda it's wonderful talking to you i can't wait to see you and spin you yes thank you gently. i love talking to both of you gently, <laughs> gently please i'm 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 not uh, accustomed to human contact anymore. Again, it's all consent. You may not be ready for it. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a small barbecue gathering with some elite friends in the yard. And when they arrived, I'm like, I'm not ready for the hugs yet. But when they left, oh. when they left, when they left okay. you got sentimental and it was very nice. Did you I, tell everybody to tell their friends about the podcast? Yeah. I did. Got to tell everyone. Oh, I could. I stopped paying attention. Tonks was in here. Sorry. <laughs> Tonks is the cat. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna um, be genuinely honest here. Tonks came in and I wasn't paying attention. Tonks is like, you've got a hard out. You've got. I know. You've got another Zoom call in a few minutes. Yeah, really cracking. Cracking a feline whip. Um, no, I'm gonna go get iced coffee first and become a monster. <laughs> I'm sure your Girl Scouts will appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Amanda, for being here. This was so great. Yes. Thank you, guys. Our pleasure. Our door is always open. Anytime you want to talk about more spooky, uh, you know, we, we always have you back. And to our listeners, everybody out there, stay good, stay healthy, and stay spooky. Until next time.